other person can have with your red mark or scratch. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is David Kohlmeyer, The Problem Solver. Thanks for joining The Problem Solver Show. Today, we're going to have an amazing guest on the show talking about estate planning, wills, and trusts. Again, I'm Dave Kohlmeyer, retired police officer of 17 years. I worked in the Henderson Police Department. I worked in the New York City Police Department. Actually, today is July 1st when we're filming this. Um, actually, 23 years ago to this day, I actually was sworn in as a New York City Police Officer. So it's been quite some time. And now I'm basically helping people solve problems as a retired police officer. I have tons of resources, tons of attorneys. Uh, we actually created the Las Vegas Legal Network to help people uh, to get attorneys that basically people that need help. So today we're going to be talking about wills, trusts, and estates, which is a big topic. A lot of people are not prepared for the future, so we're going to be talking about that issue. We have an, a Problem Solver app, which is theproblemsolver.vegas. My phone number is 702-400-7474, which is 24-7. Any problems, any issues, any legal matters, please call me, The Problem Solver. Anyway, thanks again for joining us today here. Today we have an amazing woman, Larissa Drohobitzer, Esquire, attorney at law. And she is here today to talk about something that's very special to her and dear to her in regards to the work that she does every single day in Las Vegas, wills, trusts, and estates. Larissa, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm laughing because Larissa actually had me on a radio show basically about maybe a year and a half ago, and uh, what she was doing on local radio, and I was found it very interesting, and was looking on radio and podcasts and different things, so it's funny now to turn... The tables the, have turned. Exactly. And now so I'm I, a guest on your show. So I appreciate it, because technically you are probably one of the reasons why I'm sitting here now interviewing Wow. So, I feel um, special. You're very special. So anyway, so tell us, uh, for the people, again, this will be aired out all over the place, different Facebook groups, social media, Instagram, all that good stuff. For the people that are listening and watching, basically tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am an attorney, as you mentioned, and uh, what I specialize in is estate planning, which is wills and trusts, power of attorneys, healthcare directives. And a lot of people, they get a little nervous when they hear the word estate planning. So basically how I describe estate planning is determining how you want your affairs to be managed when you're unable to manage your affairs for yourself, either due to your incapacity, so coma, car accident, out of the country, missing, or due to your death, well, we're all going to die, so you know we should prepare for that, uh, especially if we have families. So I help people make those arrangements legally binding, and I also help with the process when somebody has passed away uh, to transfer assets of a deceased person to a living person when there's a will involved or if there is no will. So I help with that legal process that goes through court, and that's called probate. Um, and I do a little bit of uh, guardianship, uh, personal injury. And my main focus, though, is the estate planning and probate, so helping uh, people prepare for their future. You know, it's a, kind of a sad topic when we talk about wills. I, I brought up on the show before, basically, if someone needed like a free will, I knew that you were doing free simple wills and stuff like that. So I, we, we actually added it onto the Las Vegas Legal Network app. So if someone wanted a free will, I thought it was a great service to basically do something like that for people, especially during COVID. I think a few months ago when, when you brought it up, um, I started offering that to people. I think one or two people just took advantage of it, something you know new. But the truth is, you never know what's going to happen in the future, and uh we're going to talk about some celebrities today, right? That basically that that didn't really plan for the future. That uh, is a reason why basically you need to be prepared for your future and for your family's future, right? Because you could have a lot of wealth or assets, and you basically want to make sure that gets transferred properly, right? Correct. And you know, estate planning is more important for people with less money because they can't, their families can't afford the mistakes that wealthy people can. So let's say you are an average person and you pass away and you have no plan, well, your funds will be tied up in probate court if you don't get a trust done or if you don't have proper planning. And a lot of people's families can't afford to have a lot of money tied up in the court system during the pendency of a court action. So, you know, it's it's important for everybody to get it done, especially if you have children and uh, loved ones uh, that you want to inherit that may not be related to you by marriage or blood. So uh, there's a lot of legal requirements to getting a proper estate plan done, 
And I advise everybody to get at least a, a, a will. And I do free simple wills. So there is no reason why an adult should not have at least a will. Here's a great question. Like, so you're doing these free simple wills. So imagine, let's say I had $50,000 in the bank and an RV and I passed away today and I didn't have a will and I want to acquire that property from, you know, family member that passed away. Let's just say, how much would it cost me to go fight it? Because I would need to hire an attorney if I, if, if my, let's say my family member, if my family member had this property and I wanted to try to get it now because they passed away, what I would have to hire a lawyer to basically to, to get go it, through right? the probate process. Probate Correct. Process. So what would that normal fee be like just to acquire it? Okay, so to the get the items that belong to me from family, the the fees the range, but like a typical fee on what you're talking about is like three to four thousand dollars. But I've seen probate fees be over thirty thousand dollars. So, so if I have a simple will, how much money am I saving? Well, it will still actually have to go through the probate process, but it will avoid the conflicts in court, which will save you money. Okay, so it will cut the fee significantly if it's very straightforward. And if it's a simple estate, it would cu- cut the fees typically by half. Do you need a lawyer? Like if I just had the will set up do I, and someone passed away, do I actually, can I just show up and say, hey, here's my simple, the simple will from my father. There's no other people that basically want anything whatsoever, you know, and I have a, I have a simple will. Do I need the attorney? Do I always need a lawyer? In Nevada, if the property is under $25,000 and it's not real estate, it does not need to go through the court process. There can be what's called an affidavit of entitlement filled out. So like if there's money in a bank account and you have the will and it's under $25,000, the bank will typically let you fill out the paperwork, this affidavit, show the death certificate and the will, and you will get the money. So in that situation, no, you don't need a lawyer. Okay. But if it does, for whatever reason, have to go through the court system, Technically, you do not need to have a lawyer. You could represent yourself. But the problem is a lot of people don't know what to do. So they hire lawyers because the lawyers know what to do because uh, of their expertise and training. So in the long run, it's going to save money or the um, it could be the battle, right? Because it'd be brothers and sisters or yeah. I think I read, um, I forgot who it was, one of the celebrities where uh, millions of dollars went towards uh, their their cat. Oh, Leona Helmsley. Yeah, she left like $12 million <coughs> to her dog, which was really wacky. And but. at the end, I guess they negotiated what the court say was excessive. And then basically that they only gave $2 million for the cat instead of the other $10 million, instead of the $10 million um, went to their grandchildren. That they disinherited. They split the difference. Exactly. Yeah. Because there was no will, um, I believe, for, what's her name again? Leona Helmsley. Yeah. So. Yeah, so she had a she had a will. It was real wacky that she left all this money to an animal. I think it was her dog. And um, I think it was dog. Yeah. So there was probably a ton of litigation in that case, and I could only imagine what the fees were to try to fight over the money that she left for the dog. Um, but yeah, so sometimes having a will is appropriate, and sometimes having a trust is appropriate because the trust will. If it's funded properly and everything is done correctly, it will avoid that court process called probate and your family will avoid the court fees, the lawyer fees, and they can get immediate access to funds that are in a trust if they're the beneficiaries. So. And I think to the average person that may be listening to this as well is I think what it comes down to is it gets overwhelming. Even myself, I've been involved like with getting a trust and so on. It gets confusing. I mean, the truth is if you need to hire an attorney, you know, if it's a reasonable fee, it is what it is to protect yourself in the future, especially if you have, you know, a job and so on. At least look for $25,000 or less if you have the simple will, it's a different story. But especially if you're offering, you know, a free simple will, there's no reason why not to get that done right. in general to save you some um, problems in the future. And you could do it at home. How does that work? So the free, I know with our um, Las Vegas legal network, the new network that was set up, basically you can go to lvln.vegas and basically you can click on free will, fill out the information, it emails to basically you, and then what would you do with it? Do they have to come in and have to just like sign an affidavit? So uh, we would get the information to prepare their will and uh, I'd prepare their will. We'd set the appointment. They come in. We go over the will. We make sure it's everything they want. And under Nevada law, the will has to be witnessed by two disinterested parties. So two of our staff members witness the will. They come in and sign. We give them the original. We scan a copy. And they have a free will. So there's no reason why somebody shouldn't have a will because they're, they're free. Got it. 
So the bottom line is it gets notarized by two people that have no interest whatsoever. Correct, yeah. Okay. So technically, if someone was disabled or older or senior, if we wanted to get two people that were disinterested in, in to, the, to sign, I mean, we could technically, we, a lawyer can go to someone's home and have two people that are, you know, yeah, so Sign? you know what's interesting? Because a lot of older people, seniors, Sun City Anthem, stuff like that. Yeah, they don't want to leave. So this is what could actually be done. Um, because of technology, it can actually be witnessed through Zoom. Okay. So the so they don't have person to leave their would home. be Zoom at their home. People. They would have their will. Mm -hmm. The witnesses would be over Zoom. They would confirm the person's identity, confirm that they are wanting to sign the will. They're over the age of 18. They're right. of sound and disposing mind and memory. And the witnesses can watch via Zoom or FaceTime or whatever, and the individual can sign the will, and then the witnesses could, you know, do a declaration saying that they saw the person sign the will. Okay. Is that so something new because of COVID that just started taking place? It's, 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 it became more common because of COVID, okay. but technically you could witness something through Zoom. There's no okay. law saying that that doesn't count. You, as long as you see the person sign it, you could see them sign it through FaceTime. Yeah, I was going to say FaceTime too. Okay, cool. So that's good. So I mean, basically, if someone's a senior and listens to this as well and wants to do a free will, it's something that we can set up basically for them. There's, yeah. And there's they don't have to leave their home. no prohibition because they're not Okay, mobile. great. All right, so there's no reason why people shouldn't yeah. be using the free service. Okay. Well, I appreciate you doing that specifically, especially because I'm working with a lot of seniors these days in Sun City Anthem and Sun City Semlin. So uh, maybe we'll just get more of that information out to people that if they if they want the simple will, that it's something. And then if it's more advanced, then you can help them out with other more advanced issues, right? Yeah, so... The what makes the difference between simple and then like getting more advanced? Like, is it just because there's property or real estate? What makes it not simple? Okay, so what makes the will not simple is if they have a lot of bequests, which are gifts to give to people when they die, if they want to set up a trust in their will. Because people don't know, they can set up a, a standalone trust while they're alive, or they can set up a trust through their will. Mm -hmm. So if they set up the trust in their will, that's not a, a free simple will. That would be a fee. Mm -hmm. And depending on ho how complex the trust they want in their will to be. So if it's just, you know, I want to leave X, Y, Z to my kids, my wife, you know, my cousin, I want to name a couple executors, uh, an alternate, things like that. That qualifies for a free, simple will. Okay. <clears throat> All right. That's great. So I know there's a lot of things going on recently as of last night. You know, I don't, I don't watch TV as much as I used to, I guess. But um, <laughs> I know we have Bill Cosby that was, you know, recently uh, released. You know, I really haven't followed the whole situation. I know we have some different celebrity names. I did some research that basically are people that... They probably needed better estate planning with their wills, their trusts, and all that good stuff. So I want—I wrote down a list of basically celebrities, about 10 celebrities, and we're going to go through them today. I'm going to mention their name. Let's talk about them a little bit. Tell us, you know, what you're, you know, how they messed up, what they could have done in general. And um, I thought it would be a good conversation. So let's just start with, like, Bill Cosby. I mean, first, I haven't really followed it. So, I mean, I know that you have also a little bit of a criminal defense background. Yeah. What? Give me the scoop, like, so for the people rundown, that just don't really watch TV these days. Yeah, so a few days ago... Bill Cosby was released from prison. His conviction was overturned by the, the Supreme, Supreme Court, Court uh, State Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. And the reason is that uh, there were some uh, prosecutorial misdeeds. So basically, in uh, the early 2000s, he was uh, accused of sexual assault of a woman by the last name of Constad. Um, the prosecutor at that time said they didn't have enough evidence to charge Bill In 2000, Cosby. right? In the early 2000. It might have been 2003 or 2004. I yeah. can't remember, but it was a while ago. So they didn't have enough evidence to charge him. And um, they basically stated to uh, this alleged victim that they are not going to charge Bill Cosby with this crime, but she could go after him civilly to pursue justice. So they made a promise to Bill Cosby that if he testified and waived his right to the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination, they would not use that information against him because they were not going to charge him with the crime. So he goes and he does a deposition in the civil case where he got sued for this sexual assault. And for whatever reason, he admitted to using quaaludes to give to women that he wanted to be intimate with. And so that information came out and he, you know, said some other incriminating, incriminating things against himself. And um, I wonder, did he have a signed document with the criminal, like with the DA that if he basically, I mean, 
know what I'm saying? I, or just they, they have a word, you know, I, mean, I wonder if it was in writing. You know, I don't know the details, but it was an agreement. I think it probably was in some certain written communication. It. it might have been an so email. So he couldn't be charged or technically convicted. They if, promised him they wouldn't. Got it. They said they weren't going to charge him because they didn't have enough evidence. So then he, you know, goes Testify ahead and civil. he admits to things that he shouldn't have because he waived his right against self-incrimination. Well, short, uh, there is a transfer of uh, power. There's a new DA in town. So when that new DA comes, uh, becomes elected or appointed, I don't know how they do their uh, DA appointments there, but at any rate, um, basically a few days before the statute of limitations was up on that sexual assault, they went ahead and charged Bill Cosby based on the statements that he made in the civil case where he admitted to using quaaludes mm -hmm. on women that he wanted to be intimate with. So um, the court overturned the conviction, and basically they said that when a prosecutor makes an unconditional promise of non-prosecution, and when the defendant, meaning Bill Cosby, relies upon that guarantee to the detriment of his constitutional right not to testify, uh, the fairness would have been undermined had he, well, he was convicted, but had they let the conviction stay. So um, basically they said under the due process of the law in our criminal justice system that the original prosecutor's promise be enforced, meaning you know not to charge him criminally. So that's what happened. He got out on a technicality, and he really shouldn't have been charged in the first place. But I mean, you would, you would think like even in the civil, like why would you kind of disclose? You know, I said the, I said the it's same. nice that he, he admitted to it, but like they it's said, a little too much information, probably. You know, the same thing last night. I I was just curious. Why would you admit that? I mean, I heard he was putting it in the, in the, into the pudding <laughs> into the Jello pops. Joke. Yeah. Yeah, so I just don't know why. I mean, unless you're just getting older and see now that basically, like, you would start talking about that, even if you did something like that, people are going to judge you, right? Like, well, plus you, you did a criminal act. Yeah, and I mean, you were under a deposition because of that. He ended up settling with the woman who accused him of the sexual assault for like over three million dollars. Okay. So now he's out of prison. So, so now, he, how uh, long was he in prison? I think it was like two, two years, years, right? Two years. Two okay. years. So that's crazy. Now R. Kelly's calling his lawyer up. <laughs> That joke. So you know, R. Kelly's in yeah. jail. He need, he needs Bill Cosby's lawyer. You know, all these celebrities. You know, it's kind of just an interesting, weird situation. You know, with these people, like you know, all the things are coming out like later on. I'm especially of the uh, statute limitations. I mean, I wonder what it was like 15 years later or something. You know, for Bill Cosby. Um, okay, so in regards to Bill Cosby, anything. Uh, I mean, his is a different situation. He didn't pass away. Will's trust, estate plan, anything with him. Specifically for his future, I mean, now that he's out, I wonder what happened. I mean, I guess for him, nothing with that, right? Well, you to know, to protect himself technically, even though I would hope he has an estate plan since he's alive. We don't, we don't know because it's confidential, but he's pretty yeah. old, so we'll probably know in a few years. Interesting. When he's incapacitated or if he passes away, especially right if you go to prison and something happens, you should still have. A will or... Well, you know what? Most people, this would be relevant to you, to your criminal clients mm -hmm. at the Defenders. If you go to prison, you need a power of attorney because you are locked up mm -hmm. and nobody has the right to handle your affairs. So a person should do a power of attorney appointing an individual to manage their affairs when they're in jail mm -hmm. because you have might have bank accounts, you might have lawsuits... You might have all kind of things going on and you're in jail, so you're limited in the things you can do. So I would recommend people facing, facing prison time to get a power of attorney, or financial power of attorney. They also have a limited power they of attorney. They can too. get a limited power of do attorney. Do you do that? Yeah. Okay. So that you comes do in my estate planning portfolio. Okay, I like that one. Power of attorney, the limited power of attorney. Yeah. You know, uh, before when I was working more deeply more with the criminal defense law firms, I would send actually a close friend that was a mobile notary um, and basically she would go into the prisons and basically do the do the limiter of the power of attorney depending upon the situation where if it was to get funds out yeah. to pay for the criminal defense case. So um, there, I think there's only certain people that are allowed actually inside the prisons as well, right. not just a simple noble notary. But since she was also an attorney, basically she was able to get inside the prisons oh, yeah. and get them signed. Attorneys so it's count. kind of interesting. But I think 
Look, most people probably the, the least thing they think about is before they go to prison. It's like, let, let, me, let me go get a power of attorney. You know, just God forbid. <laughs> but they, they, but they should. Their lawyers should tell them. No, I mean, just because you never know what the future may be. Well, you never know what you're going to have going on when you're in jail and you're stuck. You know, one thing that's interesting, in one of the other shows, we had someone, and, and, and actually here at the Sticky Poor Studio, they actually have a weekly podcast on Bitcoin currency. Oh, wow. And someone actually has called me, you know, from prison who wanted to pay for legal services, to, you know, to an attorney, and he had Bitcoin. But if you, I don't know if you really know how Bitcoin works, and I'm learning about it, but if you don't have, like, the secret password, Something then basically like that. Like, you don't, like, you screw you to lose the money. So that he forgot the secret phrase. Oh, wow. And what I said was is that we could have basically like the paperwork set up a limited power of attorney and he wanted to move one Bitcoin over to the lawyer to pay for legal services. And then I said we would have a mobile notary go there and sign off that it's a limited power of attorney and only one Bitcoin would be transferred over. Like it's getting more advanced these days with this Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. But it was kind of interesting because he just didn't know the, you know, the, the code, the password, but he wanted to pay for legal services. So um, trust... Uh, Bitcoin currency, you know, people that have these things, especially if you go in, I think that's a, a, you know, believe it or not, there's several people that I've spoken to in prison that have Bitcoin and they talk about it. You know, it's just, you, it's just funny. You think you're in a new world. All right. So next person, so Bill Cosby, he's out. Um, it would be interesting in general, I guess his future, you know, what happens with him. Um, but interesting lesson, I guess, for the legal community about, you know, the whole civil and criminal. It's kind of like O.J. Simpson, right, where basically he's not guilty for the criminal defense case, but basically civilly, right, there's... Right, the, wrong, the wrongful death. The wrongful death, which sounds crazy, right, you know, the civil. And then I think that because of his NFL pension that they can't collect. Correct, because I think... Because it's, uh, it's my understanding that that money is uh, judgment-proof up to a certain amount. So... Um, his pensions are protected from creditors. I think it's because federal. Somebody, I don't know why I'm saying federal. It, it's, it's through um, this law called ERISA. Mm -hmm. So it has to do with pension plans and employee benefits and things like that. But recently I heard, I'm not sure if you heard this one, from the Cosmopolitan, there was a lawsuit with O.J. Simpson and he won money. And it was like twenty dollars or $30,000. And then that wasn't protected, so that money went to the family. Oh, I didn't Which hear that. Just, I think it was like a week, two weeks ago that I... Happened to see it, and I got a little bit educated about it, but the money that he won from a small suit for, like, defamation of character, basically the money went to the family. I wonder, you know, it'd be interesting to look up for a future episode. I wonder if any money has been paid to Nicole Simpson's family at yeah. all. Do you know about that at all? Or no? I don't I'm just know. Throwing that out there. It'd be interesting to know, like, any of that money, but I know it was 20 or 30 grand, but what's, I mean, like, no one wants to lose a loved one. Right. But it is weird when someone there's a criminal defense case and you're not guilty, and but then, they win civilly, which means like they that enough information civilly to say right. that he did do it. And then he owes the money, but he's still living in Las Vegas. Living a high life. Living living a jing and all these living different Living La Vida Loca. So I mean, but it's cra it's a crazy situation, but with him that he's protected I, I believe with the, you know, the whole federal whatever law it is. Um Jimi Hendrix is another person basically a celebrity as well. What's the story with him? I know nothing about these people except one of the one maybe on the list. Okay, so I actually watched that channel called Reels. Have you ever heard of the channel Reels? Heard of it. They talk a lot about celebrities. So a lot of the people on this list, I've seen these like documentaries on them and their life, and then how their estate plan went wrong and things like that. So Jimi Hendrix, great guitar player. Died of a drug overdose. Young guy. I think he was 27. Untimely death. No estate plan. No will. Nothing. So he passes away and um, his dad inherits a lot of the money. Almost all of it. It's because of laws of intestate succession. So if you die with no will, the state where you die will determine who's going to get your money. So his dad was up in line because Jimmy didn't have a wife or kids. Um, he gains control of the estate. His dad ends up dying. And then his stepsister receives the money. It's like about $30 million, I think. His biological brother was not entitled to any money due to these uh, intestate laws in, in the state where he died. Anyways, there was a big fight. They were fighting his sister, biological sister, and his stepbrother were fighting for over 30 years over control of the estate and the money. And after 30 years, they came up with some settlement. But 30 years? 30 years. So you can imagine what the legal fees are for 30 years of litigation and 
you know, just Did they get the $30 million while they're fighting it because they're, they're in a no, better... because the money, if you're in a dispute in court and probate court, the money is tied up. <coughs> so they're not getting so sat for 30 years, sat. $30 million. Correct. When do they get interest? Well, I think that it depends where the money's being held. If the money's like in an account, yeah, they'll get interest. But I, I think a, a bulk of the money was like his IP, so his songs and you know mm-hmm. his intellectual property. So yeah, it was unfortunate he didn't have a will, and the money ends up with people that probably shouldn't have gotten the money. So because his stepsister got the money and not even his real brother, at the end of the day, because his dad died. It's crazy that it sat there for 30 years fighting. But the funny thing is the biological brother that's fighting for the money. I mean, you really need money to have an attorney to keep fighting this, right? But I guess well, you know, $30 million was worth an attorney to do yeah, that contingency. Contingent, yeah, they're doing that on contingency. Or they're getting the fees paid out of the estate. So he didn't really have to come up with a retainer. But. How does that work? So, like um, if someone's fighting it, that they can come out of the... So, yeah. So, like, uh, if you're a lawyer in a, in a case... Uh, in a probate case, if you're representing the estate and you're doing legal work on behalf of the estate, your fees can be paid from from the estate. Mm-hmm. So your money's going to come off top before creditors, before the beneficiaries, before the heirs. So lawyer lawyers are going to stand in line to take this case if they're representing the estate because they know there's a lot of money that and they're going to be entitled to their fees first. But the biological son, right? Brother, yeah. The brother basically doesn't he need money to have a lawyer to fight? Well, or the probate lawyer is the one. That's well, I assume represent both. Of them? No, I assume he would have gotten his own lawyer, and that lawyer was, would have taken it on contingency. Just because there's so much money in the account, correct? It was worth the gamble. And they came receipt. up with some settlement, so I'm, I'm sure the lawyer got a nice chunk of that. If you don't mind, you know, a lot of people that are listening don't really understand contingency. What I want to share is basically, and then you could jump in with a contingency, the definition of it, okay. you know, the, exactly. But, you know, when you go to a lot of lawyers, basically they want money for a retainer where they work off of the hourly basis or a flat fee. Correct. When it's contingency is when? Contingency means that it's contingent on the lawyer winning the case and it's an agreed upon amount when you, or percentage, when you enter into the agreement with the lawyer. So... Standard contingency is 33 and a third percent if there's no litigation, 40 to 50 percent if there has to be a lawsuit filed. And a lot of people go that route because they don't have the money up front to pay the lawyer the fees. Can there be a hybrid where it's contingency, but if they lose, then they owe them $5,000 or $10,000? Yeah, so it can be a hybrid because, you know, the lawyer and the client can enter into you know, it's an agreement and it's negotiable. So sure. some lawyers will do, you know, $5,000 and then X percent because let's say the lawyer's going to have costs come out, sure. incur costs. So it can or, always be a hybrid. And this is for yeah. cases that are like probate or personal injury. Yeah, so the there's ethical rules where lawyers cannot do contingency and family law cases. So that's never going to be a contingency case. So that's going to be like flat fee or hourly fee. Correct. Okay. What's good to know? It's always good to hear a definition. I think a lot of people just talk about this stuff, but they don't really fully understand or know that's a hybrid. Because I know a lot of people that I speak to, like, I want a lawyer to do this. I want to sue this person. I want to sue that person. And I'm like, do you have money for financial services to pay for legal? Um, do you have money to pay for legal services? They say no. Like, why can't they take in contingency? I'm like, well, the lawyers have to pay for the electricity and the lights and employees, and you know, they can't always afford to do that. Some can, some can't. And if your case is a good case, or you're suing an insurance company, or if there's thirty million dollars in, you know, in a in a trust or a will, yeah, that you're fighting or contesting, and it's a different situation that that sometimes the attorney's willing to take a little bit of a risk. Correct. So, you know, higher the risk, higher the reward. True. Okay. So Jimi Hendrix, um, so just to recap, so the things that he should have done differently was? Well, he was a young guy. He was doing drugs. He probably didn't think he needed a will, but number one, he should have had a will. Well, really and truly, he should have had a trust because that would have avoided probate. But at the very least, he should have had a will naming who he wanted his executor to be and naming who he wanted to inherit his estate and who would inherit his estate should the ori- original people, you know, predecease him? Okay. All right. So next person on the list is DMX, which recently passed away. A lot of people were really upset because he's you know, been around the block for a while. A rapper, singer um, in general. And then I know that Actor, he, too. Actor, too. A yeah. lot of movies. What, um, with DMX, what's his situation? Because I know he had, like, a girlfriend or a common-law, what do you, you call it? Common-law girlfriend or? Yeah, so... 
he was married for a while. He got divorced. He has apparently a lot of children. I don't know how many children he has, but mm -hmm. he has children, I think, with his ex-wife and some other women. And then he became engaged to a woman that he dated for, I don't know, I think it was like seven years. So he didn't, he did not um, create a will while he was alive or a trust. He had no estate plan, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because, you know, he had the funds to do it and probably had a lot of lawyers around him that would advise him to do so but he didn't do it so um when you don't have a will uh, i mentioned earlier that the state creates laws about who's going to get your money if you don't create a will those are called intestate statutes and in new york and most states if you are not married to a person or related to them by blood you are not going to inherit their property if they don't leave a will so he did not marry this girlfriend or fiance they were only dating so under the law, because he had no will, she was not entitled to inherit any of his property. So she tried to petition the court to be a common law wife, and the court rejected that, and they upheld the, the statutes saying basically she inherits nothing because he did not have a will. And so the money, I believe, is all going to go to his children now because he was divorced. All to the children, nothing to... The girlfriend that he was with forever. Was it six or eight years or longer? I think it was like seven years, but yeah, um, yeah it's unfortunate. Um, that leads us into our next guy on the list, Barry White, same situation. Um, we all know Barry White. He was actually married at the time of his death, but he was estranged from his wife. And he had a girlfriend of a while. Mm -hmm. And he had children with that girlfriend. So... Um, Barry White died, no will. His wife ends up inheriting everything. He was estranged from her, just never got legally divorced. And the girlfriend that he was with and lived with and had children with, well, actually, I need to tweak that. He didn't have children with her. She said she had children with him, but they later did a paternity test, and he wasn't the oh. dad. Anyways, so the estranged wife ends up inheriting all the money, and I'm sure he didn't want that because they were estranged. I wonder how long they were married. Yeah, I can't remember. But basically, but they, they were, at the end, there was no children that were related to him. I wonder. No, the, he had children, but the child the, with the woman, the girlfriend, that wasn't his child. That wasn't. I wonder if he knew that. I don't think he knew that because they, they did a paternity test after, after right? he died. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I gotta look into that one more. I wonder how old the child was or how long, you know? I think the child was under 18 when all this happened. So at the end, they do the test, and basically it's not, a, not even his child. Right. And he passed away, he doesn't even, even know. Yeah, so... It must have been Mailman or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't Amazon then. It was, these, I always joke around saying that my kids may look like the Mailman, but maybe it's the Amazon. Amazon, yeah, nowadays, yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely Mailman back in the day. All right, so Barry White, basically, the goal with him is that he should have had a will. Should have had a Well, he should have had a trust. Trust. But is trust prevalent back in the day? Is it more of a newer thing? Trusts are newer now. They have been around for a long time. They've been around during English common law. So over 100 years, they've been around. Tough. But a lot of people didn't know about it. But because mm -hmm. of technology, the internet, things like that, people are more savvy. More educated about it. Educated about things. So he should have had a trust. So question for you. When I keep saying will, you always say trust first. Is it always trust first, then the will? Or the will? No. Trust should be in the will. No. So if... It, depending on your assets, the type of assets you have and the amount will determine if you need a will or a trust. People that are very wealthy and famous need a trust because, number one, they're going to want to avoid probate. Probate is public, so people know how you died. Your death certificate gets submitted to court. They know who your heirs are. They know how much money you leave, and they know who's getting what. So, If who, you don't have it in a trust. Correct. So the, do you set up the trust first and then you put the and then you set up a will and then you put the trust in the will? No, so what you do if if your assets are appropriate and your family dynamics are appropriate for a trust, you go to a lawyer like myself and if you need to reach Reverse me, of the lawyer. Yeah, you can call 702-258-3034. Reverse of the lawyer. Yeah. Um, and we set up your trust and we do what's called a pour over will. So we execute all your documents at the same time. We do your trust, your will, your financial power of attorney, your healthcare directive, and we fund your trust, and we do a HIPAA release for people to get your medical records. So when you do the trust, you're avoiding probate tax? 
you're avoiding probate court. Probate court. Just as long as your court. trust, as long as your trust is properly funded. So you could think of your trust as a box. You put your assets in the box while you're alive. And if all your assets are in the box when you die, it will not go through probate court. If you don't put your assets in the trust, then there'll be assets in your name when you die. And court is required because once you're dead, you need a court order to switch those assets over to a living person. So if you die and you own a house and you don't have a trust, it has to go through court because you can't sign the deed to give it to your kids. The court order substitutes a signature. So how expensive is it for someone to set up a trust? Am I saying this right on a trust that's going to be in your will? To do your estate plan, which will would mm-hmm. include all the documents I mentioned. So the fees vary. Um, for me, my fees start at about $3,000 for a full estate planning portfolio. And those fees increase as the complexity increases. So I could set up asset protection trusts, do subtrusts, do a lot of different things in how you want your estate crafted. Um, there are lawyers in town that may do it for cheaper mm-hmm. and there are lawyers in town that do it for more. So I advise people do your research, you know, meet the lawyer, see their process, see if see you guys click. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it has to be a good fit. One thing I always share with people in general, especially with, you know, paying for legal services, a lot of times there's different payment plans or, you know, like a lot of people waiting for wills or trusts. I mean, unless if there's no emergency and you want to do a payment plan, I'm sure that eventually, like, hey, if you pay 250 bucks a month and in six months you could start working on the process, like do a payment plan, and then you'll start working on it once you hit a certain amount of money or something like that. If you really want to use a certain attorney and you basically um, want to set the process, but, you know, maybe just make some payments and then you start the process when there's a certain amount of money that's set up in the account. Like some people just don't have the $3,000 right now. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, it's that's a steep price, but it's, I mean, it's worth it because mm-hmm. you're saving your family and yourself a lot of money in the long run and heartache and just a lot. But you have the legal financing company, right? Yeah, there's some different legal financing companies. But the one thing that I'll show you is like a lot of, a lot of some lawyers don't have legal financing. Okay. But I'm saying that anybody that wants an attorney that does wills, trusts, estates, planning, of course... You know, we would tell them to contact you. Or the, yeah, you know. I accept payment plans. So, like I said, if you, I always say if, you, if you're dealing with a, a good attorney, a good lawyer that wants to help people, that there's always a way of doing a payment plan. Just legal services may not start right away. Right. And you don't want to base who you're going to use as your lawyer on price because you are paying for these services and you want to make sure they're d- done right. Mm-hmm. So whatever money you pay, you want to make sure you get it done right. You could pay a lower fee, let's say $1,000. There's a lot of firms in town that maybe do it cheaper, but if they don't do it right, it's worthless. So then you just paid $1,000, $800 for a stack of papers that do nothing when you need it. So when I do my estate plans, I make sure they work. I make sure your trusts are funded. I make sure that it's set up properly. I make sure your money's protected. I make sure that your family's protected. Most importantly, I make sure that you're protected in the event that you become incapacitated. A trust avoids guardianship. So there's a lot of nuances in the law and things like that. I've been doing estate planning since 2014, and prior to that, I was a trust officer, and I managed trust funds for Wells Fargo. So I basically read a lot of trusts that people set up before they died, and then when they died, they named Wells Fargo Bank to manage all the assets and the money. So I saw the mistakes that a lot of lawyers made, and I learned from that job what to do, what not to do when you have a trust. You said with Wells Fargo, did you actually work for Wells Fargo? Yeah, I worked okay. for Wells Fargo Wealth Management. Yep, I worked there. They have an office in Las Vegas on Rainbow. And, and your job was what, to go through? I was a trust officer, so basically we read the trust, we set up the payments to the beneficiaries, we made sure the money was invested properly. We made so you sure saw the mistakes were like, hey, we can't do this beneficiary thing because the trust wasn't set up correctly, or right? Yeah, or if it was, yep, if it was vague or ambiguous, we'd have to, you know. Bring attention to like legal counsel. That- we'd have to actually go to court and get clarification on it, and that, that costed money. Okay. And, you know, different things like that. So that's actually how I got into estate planning. So how long were you Wells Fargo trust officer? I was there for one year. Got it. So, so I'm sure you saw a lot, basically, of the mistakes that people have made. Yeah. So when you talk about other attorneys, one thing I share with people all the time is when you're looking for an attorney, I always say there's three R's, which is reviews, results, and reputation. 
So basically, when you're looking for an attorney, someone like Larissa, you can you know you can find her online or Facebook, social media, Avo, you know all these different websites, and basically do your due diligence before you find an attorney. And make sure you feel comfortable because I know sometimes when they meet certain attorneys, they'll say, you know what, you know, I really didn't like the person, or they seem like they didn't really care. Well, then you know you should find someone that you think that cares. Maybe you just they're their 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 attitude which is a little bit different maybe they're from the south or from the east or who knows where you know so i always say you should interview two or three people make sure you feel comfortable and if you yeah. feel comfortable and work out the money situation as well but the bottom line is you definitely need to be protected in this situation when we talk about protection it's the wills trust estate planning probate these things can cost a lot of money for your family in the future hence these celebrities that we're dealing with our next person is jim morrison What's the, what's the story with him? Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually watched uh, his story on Reels. So he's an interesting guy. He was a playboy. Did you know anything about him? I think just a little bit. A little research he's, back. He was pretty wild. Got it. He died pretty young. I think he was in his 20s. Mm-hmm. He actually had a will. And the mistake that he made... Well, I'll tell you what happened, and then we'll talk about his mistakes. He had a will. He named his longtime girlfriend as the beneficiary of his estate. I think it was around $30 million. So because he had a will and not a trust, it went through probate. His money was tied up before his wife, or excuse me, his girlfriend got it. It was stuck in court. She was destitute. She even, I think she started prostituting herself because she had no money. Anyways, she ends up dying too. Young age, maybe, I don't know, in her 20s. So she dies. She was the heir of his estate. She dies. She had no will. So guess where that money ends up? With her parents. With his girlfriend's parents, not his own family. Because she didn't have a will, the state laws say, if you die with no will, it's going to go to your family. She didn't have a husband. She didn't have kids. uh, Yeah, so it goes to her parents. Money goes there. His parents, Jim Morrison's parents, then sue, and that ends up in litigation for many, many years. They come up with a settlement. I think they split it in half. Nonetheless, his girlfriend's parents should have never gotten any of his money. It should have been, you know, he could have set up a trust, named the girlfriend, and said, if she dies, you know, I want to name XYZ. I want to name Charity. I want to name my other girlfriend because he had a lot. So well, it's nice that you had a lot of extra girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with extra girlfriends. You just add it in the trust, probably a few extra dollars, right? Different beneficiaries. <laughs> yeah. Beneficiary A, B, C, D, right? If this one passes, goes to the next girlfriend, the next girlfriend. Exactly. But uh, you, you know, name your favorite first. I, I mean, probably who do you think ever would think that you know my girlfriend's gonna die, I'm gonna die, she's gonna die next, and then basically where the money's gonna go? You know, a lot of people don't think that, but that's why they need a good lawyer because the lawyer's supposed to the lawyer is supposed to go through every scenario. Mm -hmm. And I always say, hey, if all the people that you want to inherit your money end up dead, who are your contingent beneficiaries? Meaning, if all the people you want Mm -hmm. are gone, who ultimately should get it? And a lot of times they'll name charities, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But you need to have contingencies because things happen. So, like, he might not have thought that. The girlfriend was going to die, but they could have died together. Yeah, car accidents, like anything that. like that. Yeah, I'm thinking, who do we the problem solver? Who do the intellectual property? Does it go to Kyle? <laughs> does Kyle become Kyle! The, does Kyle become the predecessor of the problem solver? Yeah, you need to get him a shirt called the <laughs> problem solver number two. Number two. No, he's a problem maker. Problem maker. Yeah. Today in the car, we were driving back from camp. I was teaching him. I asked my kids today if they want to be a lion or if they want to be a sheep. And. I think one of the girls said sheep. They probably like the sheep because it's fair, but I'm teaching them that they should be the lion. Yeah. Especially because one of the kids basically was saying how like they were kind of being bullied, but and a positive bully. Like one of the girls basically said that the girl always wants to be with me and doesn't want me to be with any other people, you know, to the other girls. Oh, yeah. So I'm saying that you're a lion. You do what you want to do. You're a lion. So in the car, I'm like playing this lion roars and I'm like, who are you, a lion or are you a sheep? So one of the girls is saying, hey, I want to be a sheep still. And then Kyle's, Kyle's doing the roar. So. Trying to teach the you kids. You know who I'd be, be with my kids? I'd say, Do you want to be a shark? Because my shark? kid's obsessed with baby shark. Yeah, so but yeah, so we're gonna have to work, we're gonna have to do some paperwork to get the intellectual property uh, to the problem solver to Kyle Jacobs. So he continues the legacy of the problem solver. Yes. The legacy of Las Vegas is the problem solver. All right, so um, anything else with Jim Morrison? Basically, will no trust. Your lawyer basically has to think it through in the future, make a list of people, God forbid that you, your family, everybody 
was in a car and passed away, God forbid, knock on wood. But basically, if that happened, you need where do you want that money to go contingent to? Contingent beneficiaries if that person ends up and deceased. Again, whether it's $10,000, $50,000, a house. I mean, the average person probably owns a house and a car, you know, yeah. as their biggest asset. But even a house could be, you know, $200,000, a half a million dollars. So, yeah. you know, once you liquidate that home, you know, it's worth some money and... You know, we talk about generational wealth when we talk about real estate and other things in general. But the bottom line is, even a home, if it's two, three hundred thousand dollars, that can be a big difference for some, a lot, big difference for yeah, any family, that's, right? That's a big deal. Yeah. So again, even though when we're talking about these topics, a lot of people think, oh, it's only the wealthy people. It's not really true. No. Every person really should have a will or set up for the future. Will minimum trust minimum. is the next step. Trust is the next step. Uh, trust. We recommend if you own a home or if you have minor children. You know, a lot of assets or if you want to have more control over the money when you die, you get a trust because you can make that money stretch for a long time and you can put contingencies on people receiving that money, things like that. But yeah, Jim Morrison, that was pretty sad. That's crazy that the family, you know, it's funny we talk about right now, but could you imagine if you were like in the home of, you know, the Jim Morrison's girlfriend's family? knowing that they were going to get $30 million. Like, could you imagine the conversation in their home? Like, we're going to fight it, you know? Like, we want the money, you know? Of course. I mean, like, kind of greed sets it. I mean, unless they were in love with Jim Morrison being the boyfriend of yeah. their, their daughter or something like that. But, you know, I guess when... Crazy story. All right, next person, Kurt Cobain. What's the story with Kurt? Kurt, we all know what happened to Kurt, you know? Kurt was, was drugs, right? He, yeah, he was on drugs, and then he shot himself. Hmm. I think it was on heroin, but we all remember Nirvana mm-hmm. from the 90s. You still have the CD? Uh, I like Nirvana. I, I haven't have listened to them for a, while, for a while, but yeah, that was my fun days in the 90s. But yeah, he had no will, um, went through probate court, public process. He was married at the time. His There's a picture on the screen there. Oh, yeah, Kurt. All right, hey, so he was married to Courtney Love. She's a rock star too. Okay. A little wacky. Um, you know, there was fights between his wife and then his daughter over the intellectual property, a lot of drama. Um, his daughter, I think's name is Frances Bean. Mm-hmm. She ultimately has ended up with a bulk of the estate, but I believe her mom was like, you know, misappropriating some of her money and, it was just a bad situation. So he had the money to get an estate plan done. Mm-hmm. Him and the the wife, Courtney Love, they were both whacked out. So he could have <coughs> named somebody a little more responsible to be in charge of the money for his daughter. Mm-hmm. If anything were to happen to him, uh, name a trustee. Um, and basically it could have avoided a lot of lost money to lawyers because I'm imagining the legal fees in that case were at least in the hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. So okay. if he had it set up right in the first place, it would have saved his money, family that money in the long run. So where'd the money go again? It got split between the wife and the daughter, but the, the daughter ended up getting a bulk, but there was a lot of litigation in between. Okay. Marilyn Monroe, favorite. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe... Another untimely death, drugs. I think she overdosed from sleeping pills, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. So she actually had a will. Um, what she did in the will was named her business manager to be the beneficiary, and she entrusted him to make the disbursements to the people and charities that she wanted. And I see that a lot. When I'm doing these free wills, what people will do is, like, if they have a minor child they'll say i give all my money to like my brother or whoever and then they can like give the money to my kid and i'm like no don't do that because if you put in the will that the money goes to this person it goes to that person they can do whatever they want they can do whatever they want with it you're hoping that they give the money to your kid but Mm -hmm. they might not and even if they have the best of intentions if you give the money to that person there's other problems even if they're not shady Number one, once they get the money, it becomes theirs, so their creditors can can attack that money. And number two, if they die, that money will go according to their will, if they have a will, or if they have no will, state laws, then your money can end up with somebody you don't know or don't like or whatever, and it doesn't end up with your kid. So I tell people, 
in wills, don't don't give money to somebody and hope they give it to the person you want. Have it set up in advance. Yeah, if you have a minor, set up a trust. Mm-hmm. And then people do that on life insurance too. So anyways, that's my little thing on that. So Marilyn Monroe leaves the money to this person. He ends up not giving it to the charities for whatever reason. I don't know if he's being shady or greedy or what. But then he dies and the money then ends up with his wife, who Marilyn Monroe never even knew. So all her money ends up with this stranger because of an estate planning faux pas. Crazy. Okay. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger had a will. No trust. I don't know why these people don't have trust, but he got a trust done, or excuse me, he got a will done, and uh, he named his parents as the beneficiaries. But then he had a child, and he never updated the will. So then he dies, and he names, you know, the parents inherit the money. But this is actually a good story. His parents were named the beneficiaries, but they said, we are going to give, leave all the money to his child. So even though he didn't update his will, it's not as sad of a story as all the other ones. ones. Okay. What about uh, Prince, famous Prince? Yeah, Prince, he died, no will, no estate plan, nothing. So Zero. Nope. He he was married uh, prior to his death, but he got divorced. And then he had a child, but the child died like as an infant. So he had no... um, like what we call in the law progeny, no children. Mm-hmm. He dies and his parents are deceased, no will. So according to the laws of the state, his half siblings are now the heirs to his estate and he was estranged from them. They were like his dad's kids from like all these other women. So now all that money is going to these people he didn't know. And I'm sure he didn't want that, but he didn't get an estate plan done. He, he's, I, think, I don't know the story. Was he married Married at the end? Ever married? He was married in the 90s, but he yeah. got divorced. And do you have kids? He had a baby, that, but the baby died like when the baby was like 10 days old. Oh. So his um, siblings are still in court fighting over the estate, and I think the legal fees are already in the millions. Hmm. So. All right, the last one basically I think we have is Michael Jackson um, is the last one on the list in general. I mean, it's interesting just that all these people basically wills, trust. I mean, some of the people, I think, back in the day, different people, maybe I can understand where they didn't have trust, maybe it wasn't as big of a deal, which we mentioned before. But now, today, wills and trust go together in general. What's the story with Michael Jackson? So Michael Jackson actually um, took the appropriate steps and got a full estate plan. He got a trust, and he got a will, and he appointed guardians for his kids. But the problem was he went to a lawyer that didn't fund his trust for him. So I, I mentioned the trust being that box. Mm-hmm. He, put, he didn't put anything in his box, so it didn't protect his estate from probate. Mm-hmm. So his... Um, I think he put in his will that he wanted like his business managers to be the executor. And then he named his mom as the guardian of his children. And he left the money to his kids. And so the estate ends up going through probate, which takes a long time public. Um, The IRS gets involved because it's a a court case. Um, Other creditors are involved. A lot of money at stake. And, um, his mom was, you know, contesting these other people being the executor. They were charging excessive fees, things like that. So basically, he did the right thing, but he didn't go to the right lawyer. So you got to make sure you go to the right lawyer when you get your estate plan done because they will make sure that your trust gets funded and it will avoid probate court and taxes and things like that. Just to recap, when you say funded, explain it again, that it wasn't funded properly. Meaning he didn't rename his assets in the name of the trust because that's what you have to do so like if you get a trust and you own a home you have to redo the deed and put the name of your so like with real estate right you actually have to say the trust name right on the deed or if you own llc's you have to transfer the llc to the trust you have to reopen your bank accounts in the name of trust if you have intellectual property fully engulf it into that yeah and your lawyer should do those things for you it's like taking all the items, all the assets, and basically placing, placing it into the trust. But exactly. technically, it's legal paperwork that actually converts it exactly, into the box. Exactly, yes. Right? Okay. And unfortunately, like a lot of lawyers don't do that. And they, they expect the clients they to do it. they forget? It's the old model. So 
they're going off of... They tell people, hey, you have to go do it yourself. Transfer it over, right? Yeah, and it's a broken... Most people just don't do it. It's a broken system. So... Like, if you don't do it, the per- person's not going to do it. Also, it's a way of saving money because if you could charge... I mean, I have a trust as well, and there's some things that need to be changed with it. Right. But what happens is the fees, I think, got expensive, so it's like, you know what, I can do it, or I can duplicate it. And sometimes things have to be in a trust in order to be there for a certain period of time, in order to be... Uh, what's the word? Like seasoned? Oh, for asset protection trust. Correct. Yeah, so yeah, it has it's to be like there for two, like two years. years, right? Yeah, for asset so protection. So my main thing is, all right, you know, to save some money, like I'll, I'll just duplicate the paperwork, I'll do it myself. And then it never winds up doing it, and then it's not seasoned. Yeah. And the problem is you have to pay the money. And, if you know, look, these things cost money. I mean, legal services cost money. So if you want to do it, you got to do it right. And that's one of the mistakes even that I made is that I had the trust. But some of the things that need to be seasoned, I figured, hey, I'll save some money if I take some real estate, and I'll do it myself to paperwork, you know. But the truth is you just got to make sure it gets done and – that's one of my faults is try to save some money, cut a little corner, and then it wasn't done properly. So I have a trust, but meanwhile, if you don't fund it, if you don't what's fund so it, good about having it's a trust? Just, it's just piece it's of the paper. Trust, right? Yeah, it's just piece of paper. So yeah, so like um, what I do with my clients is I, I help them fund it. And mm-hmm. if they want to save money on fees, they can try to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. But I check in with my clients. That's so I have a system where I will check in if it's not funded within two months, they're probably not going to do it. So then we agree, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to do it for you. But I do check in because it's important. I've seen so many problems from unfunded trusts. And like the most recent was like sad. It was like sickening. This couple, they they created a trust and they didn't fund it. And it was a husband and a wife. And the husband had a son from a prior relationship. So it was his stepmom and his dad. For whatever reason, they didn't fund the trust. So when the dad dies, everything ends up going to the mom because they owned it as joint tenants with right or survivorship. So upon his death, automatically goes to the wife. For whatever reason, she ends up leaving. She, she's died. It's, uh, the estate's a little over $5 million. And um, about like $1.5 is going to her siblings who are older. And then she left like most of that money was like these apartments in California to her grandkids, which are the original husband's son who, who the, the husband would have wanted to inherit the money, mm-hmm. but he ends up getting like 12% of it and his kids end up getting most of it. And in their original trust, the dad says my son should get, you know, X amount, which is a significant amount. He, he doesn't get it because they never funded their trust. Mm. So it's, wow. it's sad. Yeah. So we have a few minutes left, basically. Um, I mean, I think it was great to go over this list in general from learning from other mistakes. I think the biggest we learned is, A, you need a will. B, most likely you need a trust if you have a house or residential property or anything of... Or of minor great, children, because you don't want to leave children. assets to minors because it gets locked up in guardianship court. Got it. So the will, the trust is important. And then also another third thing is, is just funding that trust, that if you have property, you have to do it properly. Yeah. Trying to cut corners, which I think is a, um, I think it's important to follow through and... Work out a deal with the attorney that's working on it to make sure that you take action because a lot of people, right, you get busy your life for children and then you basically forget to fund the trust or you don't do the paperwork or you think you're going to do yourself. So I just think that the biggest thing is find an attorney that you're happy with, someone like Larissa, the lawyer here, and basically just be in it to win it, do everything. If you need a payment plan, work things out with the attorney. If things are tight, especially right now, the last 18 months, you know, financially people are in like a little bit more tough times. No matter what, I mean, you're offering basically to do a free, simple one. I really appreciate you doing that for anybody that basically comes from the problem solver, specifically in Clark County. Basically, right now, the show is basically in Las Vegas and Henderson, North Las Vegas and Clark County, but the state of Nevada as well. So I appreciate you doing that in general. I'd like to have you, you know, in the future back on the show, maybe talk about some other things, other, maybe next time we could talk about some other tips and stuff like that. Um, we talk about a little bit of guardianship in the future, um, probate a little bit. But the bottom line is, is that you're here to help and basically... Um, they just need to reach out um, and basically make the phone call to you. Again, it's Larissa Drohobitzer. Yes. Um, attorney at law in general. And again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Is there anything, um, before we uh, finish up the show, any last minute things that you want to add or tips or any strategies for some of the people that are listening? Especially during the, I guess, right now with COVID, you know, ending or I understand this Delta, you know. Yeah. You know, what's any other tips? Um. Take advantage of the free simple will. If you need to buy or sell a home, call Camellia. Okay. There call Camellia.com. <laughs> and then we can place that home in, in the trust. Okay. So if you buy a home from Camellia, we'll put your home in the trust. It'll avoid probate and your family will be protected. 
God, there's a shout out for my wife, which is ColeCamilla.com, who does real estate locally in town. So I appreciate that from Larissa, the lawyer. Anyway, so again, I am David Kohlmeyer with the Problem Solver Show every single week. Uh, basically, we have amazing people like Larissa on the show. Uh, people that are basically sharing their knowledge, their experience, and giving strategies and tips to basically help people. The goal today specifically is to the solving the problem aspect is basically that we don't want you to have problems in the future. So solving the problem would be to have an attorney like Larissa basically helping you get yourself set up with estate planning and a will. She's offering basically a free, a free simple will, which is something that any of the listeners or uh, viewers should partake in. Um, you can go to the network of lawyers that we have, Las Vegas Legal Network, which is www.lvln.vegas. You can click on free will, and basically uh, we can help basically set that up, and Larissa can basically help out. Uh, any problems in regards to employment, housing, uh, counseling, um, anything whatsoever out there, you can go to the problemsolver.vegas, which is an app which is full of resources. We're also working with the different uh, nonprofits like uh, United Way, Catholic Charities, um, anyone that uh, there should be nobody that's out there, you know, whether it's food or being homeless. I mean, there's so many different places these days in Las Vegas that you can get shelter and there's food distribution still taking place as well. So whatever I can do to help, please go to theproblemsolver.vegas. You can call me 24-7. I answer the phone as if it's 911. So you can call me at 702-400-7474. Again, I'm David Colmeyer, The Problem Solver. Um, Stay safe and I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. 